There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. Catherine Whitaker is alongside me, David Law, in our favourite place, Catherine, the <laughs> Eurosport green room. It means that there's been a full day's play and we've had lots of hot weather and now you're wrapped in a sort of blanket which suggests that that hot weather has dissipated. I mean, it's still, I mean, it's still probably about 30 degrees, but <laughs> relatively it feels, uh, it feels fridge-like. Um, yeah, there was, there was a point uh, this morning during the day today where I couldn't ever envisage wanting to wear woolen clothing ever again. <laughs> or have and yet, porridge. And yet here I am in an item of woolen clothing. Not because it's chilly, but just because I just it, it's just a, a tad nippy. And, tad and nippy. I really... Um, just, I just, I just thought the world had ended at about two pm. <laughs> yes. Imagine if you were Kyle Edmund. We're going to, well, listen, before we get on to Kyle Edmund, we're going to be talking. Just to let you know, we're going to be talking about Nick Kyrgios, who we've just been watching up against uh, Joe Wilfred Songer. Just been watching, just been commentating just been, on David. Yes, well, I mean, it, was, it was pretty exhilarating. Kyrgios and Songer locking horns, going head to head. We're going to be talking about all the other matches we've had today. There have been so many good stories and things happening. A lot of it revolving around the heat, of course. A lot of it revolving around David Law wearing shorts. That's been a major headline. Well, you know. that, I think that's why the AO app has gone into meltdown, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I, I have had people sort of do double takes and put sunglasses on when they've seen these things. Um, so you, you can get an idea you of... like of, a ball boy. I look like a ball boy who has not seen the sun in four years because I haven't seen the sun in four <laughs> years. And uh, if you have to see them, they're on the social media, uh, various programs of the Tennis Podcast, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're on the lot. Join us, follow us, all that. Like us. I don't even know how any of that stuff works. But <laughs> what I can tell you is that they have seen the sun today and that suggests that the heat rule is in, is in full effect. And uh, Kyle Edmund would not have needed any... Uh, advice about how to handle heat today because he handled it just nicely winning through in four five sets an incredible match really against Nicholas Basil 
Well, I went out for the start and then I just became fascinated by it because it didn't really feel like a tennis match. It felt like something more primeval, so I, I just couldn't tear myself away. And then uh, I, I looked at my watch and it was like uh, almost three o'clock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we were commentating off a, off a monitor, so we were in lovely air conditioned where, where I was on Five Live. But it looked as though people were disappearing from the sort of seats in the sun and just crowding around in the shade were you actually in the sun no because um, there's a media bit with a, cur- a, a sort of curtain roof thing and then there's the shade of margaret court arena so no it was quite it was quite livable i mean i do actually think it was playable today uh, but it was extreme and you know i came off and i had uh, something like five bottles of water since then <laughs> and i still don't feel like i've quite got my my uh, liquids level back to where it should be and i wasn't even moving i was going to say i mean imagine adding running about to that equation yeah it was it was pretty mental and uh, that was one of the fascinations i just wanted to see how they were going to deal with it and you know there was there, there was a period when there were i think you you tweeted actually that there, it wasn't really a tennis match at all it was about survival and i mean kyle played seven games of the worst tennis i've ever seen from him and yet, you know, we should salute overall the survival instincts um, that got him through and, and, and the mental determination not to give it away when your game's just evaporated in, in that kind of heat wave. I mean, he was, he was hitting forehands that were landing not only out of court, but actually in the crowd for quite a long period. I know it was windy then as well. I mean, that's, it was also a, a sort of like a fan-assisted oven because you had this hot wind swirling around in random directions. Then it dropped in the final set, and the final set was good tennis. And I was thinking that maybe they weren't really able to play good tennis until they could see the finish line. I mean, Kyle said afterwards it still seemed a long way away in the fifth set. But, I mean, the the stats for winners and unforced errors have been horrendous, certainly for Basilashvili and up to a point for Kyle. And then that final set, I was keeping track of them. and They were both plus 10 or something, you know, 20 winners, like 10 unforced. And it was being played, both locking antlers and, and both seeing the finish line and both being able to find real tennis shots so there's simon he was out there for the full monty i'm not sure we should have simon back on because i now have question marks over the sanity of simon briggs (laughs) i know i know he says you know it's not as bad as heat with humidity but but there comes a point where regardless of humidity there is a temperature at which it is not it is not sane for human beings to subject themselves to that I, i i get it if you're if you've got no option but to to earn, earn your living you know earn your however many millions it is but i mean i i i respect his commitment but there would have been a way of covering that match without subjecting yourself to sitting out there for every minute of what it. are you doing simon but anyway we, we respect you i think it probably proves that um people experience it in different ways doesn't yes. it because i I genuinely don't think I physically could have. Maybe it's a mind over matter thing. Some people say that, but I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I could have been out there no, for that long. There's no I mean, question. doing not being inactive for that long. There's but. no question that people feel heat differently depending on who they are. There's a, there's an element to how much you can prepare for it, but some of it is just the way it is physiologically. 
Um, people, so. people kept on coming up to me saying, you have got cream on, haven't you? <laughs> and they haven't been doing that to the sort of more Mediterranean members of the Eurosport I team. noticed people kept doing that to Kyle Edmund midway <laughs> yeah. through the match. Um, so talking of Kyle Edmund, you were the first person to see him straight after the match. Yeah, what, I, what was the, was I was the absolute sadist that made him stop as he was exiting the, the court. Uh, to do an interview and I really did feel bad about it usually we're allowed three questions with them uh, uh, for a flash interview which is what the the on-court sort of immediate reaction interview is called and and I said just before we went on air don't worry Carl we'll only do two but thinking that he would give two pretty short answers but he sort of stood there in a in a weird trance um Sort of, it was almost, he was almost on autopilot. He actually sort of ended up giving really long answers because he, I don't know, he did, I, I think he just didn't really have the presence of mind to think, oh, I'll cut this short and it, so, so I can get out of here as quickly as possible and get into the shade. And then after he'd spoken to me, he ended up signing about five minutes worth of autographs, which I couldn't really believe. I mean, he looked. It was pretty extraordinary, really. The cameraman afterwards said, oh, was that all right? Because his his head was really. His head was so bowed and dipped. It was. It wasn't a great, you know. In ordinary circumstances, it's not the ideal shot for a cameraman because you're not getting the straight on. But you know, we all said no. It was absolutely fine. that told the story. The fact that he couldn't hold his head up at one point. He had a, he had a bag on each shoulder to start the interview, and about ten seconds in, one of the bags there was just enormous thunk. It was one of his bags just dropping to the ground because he, he couldn't, he couldn't, hold, it he couldn't hold it any longer. And then and oh, then after he'd finished and signed all those autographs, the the exit to the um, to to show court to back the, the the walk back towards the locker rooms is is through this underground car park, which is the players' warm up area. And uh, he was doing the walk on his own, one bag on each shoulder. I mean, it was a it was a really poignant walk. I sort of looked back and saw him doing this lonely walk, as slow as I've ever seen a man walk. <laughs> and then, of course, he he took a long, long time before coming into press. Absolutely, yeah. no one was expecting him to hurry into press. But once he got there, I was pretty impressed with how much recovery he'd already been able to do, and I was pretty impressed with how he spoke about his chances of recovering for the next one he's you know he said it's two days you know yep. if he was having to play tomorrow that would be tricky but grand slams the day off is is everything so i don't know he could be bluffing and talking up a good game but i i was pretty convinced he's growing into this isn't he as well that's the other thing that i have noticed that you mentioned the post-match press conference. He doesn't look out of place anymore. He doesn't look like a little boy in a man's room, you know, a grown-up's world. He he, he looks much more like the past. He started now. doing afters now. What does that mean? Well, you know what it means. You, you For the sake of our listeners. For the sake of our listeners. It, it means it's something that, I, what I presume, I, I, I have come to being a tennis journalist in the Andy Murray era. I presume it predates Andy Murray, but... My experience of it is that so so a, a British player, any player, will come into a, a press conference and speak to the world's media. But uh, the Andy Andy Murray came to an agreement pretty early on in his career with the with the British journalist that he would give them a few minutes extra tagged on to the end of a press conference, a little private theatre, um, just to give them uh, you know whatever exclusive lines you know as the british media something new, something new exactly yeah. and they would they would 
get together beforehand and discuss, you know, what angle they would try and take with the, with their afters. Um, and Joe Contas started doing afters in the last uh, six months or so. And Kyle... My afters used to be when I would have my pudding. Well, know. yeah, that's my experience as well. But now you, you hear, Kyle, we're just going to do afters now. Yeah. And uh, I, b- I believe today was his second experience of doing I afters. See. I see. Well, anyway... You know you, you've made it when. You do. Uh, maybe you'll have more opportunity. Because we now know, Simon didn't know at the time when I spoke to him, but... We now know his opponent will be Andrea Seppi, who beat poor old Ivo Karlovic in another five-setter. <laughs> I mean, that, that's now back-to-back matches in which Karlovic hit 50 aces plus. 102 aces in two matches. But he didn't win. Poor old Ivo. All that effort for nothing. So... Uh, yeah, I was Seppi. when we were when we were watching uh, Edmund Basilashvili, and and I was leaving it to the. Usually, I'd be uber professional and make sure I'm courtside. You know, several games in advance of, of when I need to do the flash interview. I was leaving it till the very last minute to run over to court two, and wait in the. Um, the pretty stuffy bowels of, of that court to uh, t- to wait and do uh, the courtside interview. And uh, as we were watching and waiting, I, I was just thinking, it just occurred to me, someone has to lose this match after three hours and 35 minutes yeah. of this. Someone nice, has to cope it? with d- putting themselves through that for nothing. Yeah. And I just... I just couldn't. I couldn't quite get my head around it. Really, it was just. It was all too bleak. I just started thinking about dogs and yeah. sweets and chocolate. To you cheered right up. <laughs> I cheered right up. Yeah, excellent. So, um, well, but yeah, poor Ivo Karlovic and Andre Seppi maybe um, kicking himself a bit because he was two sets love up, wasn't he? And got himself somehow found himself in a, a five set tussle did very well to come through it but I almost feel like Evo was trying to level things up for Kyle Edmund <laughs> even the playing field no if Kyle went through a five-setter you're gonna go yes. through a five-setter well I'll tell you Andres Seppi is super fit so that that he is that is not a walkover so who's gonna win Seppi or Edmund I think Edmund's gonna win so do I hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live, and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. 
Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tiebreak or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with legends of the game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. So uh, what else has happened today? We've had uh, Nick Kyrgios just playing against Joe Wilfred Songa, which I thought it was a bit of a flat match for the first couple of sets when uh, Will Smith was in the crowd and, and the camera seemed almost more interested in him because the match wasn't really taken off. Do you think Will and- Smith saw Will Ferrell having a, a blooming good time at the tennis and thought, I want a piece of that, got on the phone Will to Tennis party. Australia and, and said, Maybe. Do you, would you like uh, any, any other comedians named Will? <laughs> To, Maybe that. To come and have free hospitality at the tennis he every night. It. He was signing he autographs. Was he was high fiving people. But what a match because Kyrgios. It did. It finally caught fire. It didn't really it? caught yeah. fire at the end, and they were throwing everything at each other. And I mean, Kyrgios was laughing at some of the shots that Songa was coming up with because Kyrgios would put him in really difficult parts of the court. And Songa would still come up with blazing winners. And, uh, and Kyrgios was just laughing at these shots. But, you know, he was 2-5 down in the fourth set tiebreak, was Kyrgios. And he found a way back. He, he won five points in a row. I'm telling you, David, he's making sets. the final. That's what's in my prediction. Crikey. I mean, that's a very exciting prediction. And, and if it comes true, obviously... He plays as, Dimitrov next, right? Yes. As a fully paid-up member of the Nick Kyrgios Appreciation Society, I'll be very excited there about is, that. There is... Look... There is something different about him this year. Whether it's different enough to to get him to the final or to win this thing, without question, there's something different. It may very well be largely down to uh, the foundation that he's getting off the ground, this purpose that he's found for playing tennis. It might be due to him getting back together with girl- with his girlfriend. I hear lots of those jokes going around. Um, um, but, I, we had but, Naomi Brody with us, and she she was saying she feels that people... I mean, look, he, he's an idiot sometimes. We know he is. But she said she feels that people are just starting to get him a little bit. because oh, he's for sure. He's allowing people to. And she said, you know, for us players, she says, she says I don't know a player who doesn't like him. I mean, obviously, probably Vavrinka doesn't like him for the way he's behaved in the past and stuff like that. But she said, he's, she says, honestly, he's just a big kid, really. He's 22 and he's just silly sometimes, and he's immature, and he's grown up in this spotlight, and he doesn't handle some elements of it particularly well. But she says he's a really warm-hearted, funny guy. Yeah, I think that's a great choice of words. There's warmth. There's real warmth in him, and I and I think, unfortunately, in in the forum of debate, there's there's rarely enough room for for nuance, and he's mm. an incredibly nuanced individual. People want. Headlines. People want black and white, and he's he doesn't fit into that. He's an incredibly complicated person, and I think it's largely good. And I think you know that, that's probably as good as can be hoped for any yeah. of us. Um, and and yeah, the, I think that's real nail on the head. There is a warmth. There is there is a warmth that. 
that sort of rides out over all of the the negatives and I'm not seeking to ignore the negatives because they are there and when they come out in in full force they are you know you do hold your head in your hands and you know sometimes he deserves criticism he absolutely does but he's he's pretty much barring some you know irritable behavior he's been good as gold this time there's nothing that nothing nothing beyond you know a bit of yeah, irritation and, and irascibility here and there, and he there's, still there's gets definitely, down on himself. He in does, matches, but that's you know, I mean, that's but, just but that's not, nature, that's not bad it? behavior. That's no, just how just... He, how he deals with situations. And I don't think enough. I, I don't. I think people sort of take him at face value too much. Yeah, I agree. Because with you. he's so much bravado. I think yes. there's so much more fear there. A bit like than, they used than, to with Murray in the early days. Yeah, you know, so, taking the quotes literally. And, he's afraid to let people know how much he cares. Yeah. He's afraid to let people know how nervous he gets. He's afraid to. He's afraid to to let us see. To the, let us in. To let us in. Yeah, and people take the bravado as the real thing talking to somebody who's not afraid to let us in he plays Grigor Dimitrov next um, and Dimitrov got himself back on track today he, he, he did let it go a bit against Rublev but quite a good win in the end because that's a guy who beat him last time around yeah I'm really torn about what to know to make of Dimitrov because on one hand I think it's a real positive that he's finding a way to win when he's not playing well because that's something we've not always seen from him in the past that is a huge positive and that is something that champions do however what champions don't do is give away four sets six love and double fault the amount that he's doing and just yeah, have 15 double faults yeah today. have the lapses these really I know over the course of five sets there are peaks and troughs in any match but it feels like the the troughs are deeper for Dimitrov at the moment than they really should be I you tipped me off about this because you'd seen more of him in Brisbane um, than I had that there's just something it's not catastrophically you know it's not a return to to the bad old days of Dimitrov but there's just something not quite there and there's just I, I think I think he's going to be found out against Kyrgios. Well, the game isn't as watertight right now no. as it was a year ago. That, that's, there's not the confidence in the ball striking. He, I mean, against McDonald the other night, he was really, really losing his timing. And if, oh, you, if, you, if, you're, yeah. if you're as good as these people and your timing is gone, that's a real problem, isn't it? I mean, the, what I would say is he, he's tended to cause Kyrgios problems because of his movement and his ability to hit slice. He can absorb the power of Kyrgios. Kyrgios is going to have to hit through him a long time. I, I'm, I'm guessing Kyrgios is watching reruns of the Cincinnati final right now yes which is the one Dimitrov won yeah. um, and, uh, and and Kyrgios yeah. had been in awesome form that week he'd beaten Nadal but somehow it just it, you know it, uh, Nadal had um, Kyrgios had been in the better form that week yes. but it was about the matchup it just didn't work for him he wasn't no. able to produce the form that he'd been in that week but, but in Brisbane it was similar in the first set yeah. and then Kyrgios's serving improved and Dimitrov's form just disintegrated to be honest I think if Kyrgios is serving bang on there's, there's very few that can deal with him mm. um, um, very, very few. Um, so that's going to be crucial. I, interestingly, so at the time that Carl Edmund's match was reaching a conclusion, Dimitrov and Rublev's match was uh, soon to be called the match before them on the Rod Laver Arena. Was it Luxika Kumkum and uh, Petra Martic, or was it the one after that? Anyway, the, the match... No, it wasn't. It was the Svitolina Kostyuk match, one in... in very quick time by Svitolina, a real statement by her against her uh, young 
country woman. They were so Gregor Dimitrov was down in this car park, which is extraordinarily used as as the warm up area. Um, and he was uh, when I first went down there, he was he was playing a, a, a game of kickabout with a football with Danny Valverdu, and they were talking not about tennis. You know, it was obviously the early stages of the warm up. It was all about keeping him loose, and then they started throwing the ball you know with his right arm throwing in the service motion and and it was really interesting observing how how they prepare for the match in the immediate time he sort of Danny was just inserting little little nuggets about the match here and there bring it bring it round to tennis but in a really laid back gentle way and then the Svitolina match finished and Grigor took himself into a corner where he thought no one could see but he, he didn't see Catherine Whitaker lurking <laughs> <laughs> she was there for you <laughs> I genuinely wasn't I wasn't lurking I, I just happened to catch him at the corner of my eye and he disappeared into this corner and he was sort of jumping up and down I saw him talking to himself good lad I did that yeah, before no, the podcast no, no it was great it was, <laughs> it was great but it, it it was a real insight into this is a guy that's trying desperately to keep, keeping himself loose is yeah. everything and that's obviously Danny Velvedy knows that that's the absolute key and he's sort of trying to hypnotise himself into being loose but actually when it comes to it you, you know that he's he's desperately anxious and nervous and wants yeah, it so much but does. it's this paradigm of you have to be loose to to to, to, to get everything working uh, but how we see that with Kyrgios don't we when he yeah. does the through the leg shots that's all about keeping himself loose really and keeping himself entertained a lot of the time well what about other results today on the, on the women's side We're, currently as we speak to you uh, we've got Caroline Wozniacki who did have a break of serve in the first set she's just been broken back against Kiki Burton's well what else has happened today on the women's side Ostapenko is in a match I don't actually know how that I think it's up. still ongoing Ostapenko contivates she had a massive strapping around her did, yeah, it didn't did look good, did it? Uh, that came as a bit trouble. of a bolt from the blue f- for me because I wasn't aware um, that she was struggling uh, with anything. Just checking live scores yeah, now. The match is shame. finished, so hang on. I'm a bit concerned that we've lost Os- Ostapenko here. Well, we might well have done. Um, but, um, I, while I checked the uh, results, I, the, the women's matches, I, did, I saw, saw a lot of Luxika Kumkum yes, against one, Grand Slam specialist Petra Martic, yes. who's reached the fourth round of three of the last four slams. Yeah, 7-5 in the third set. Martic ended up winning that one. So that was a good result. Svitolina was awesome, as yeah. I said, she really was. The Kostyuk is exciting. I mean, oh, she's she going to be special. Her quotes afterwards were so great. I mean, she's just at ease on this stage, but not in an annoying, precocious way, which yes. is a is a fantastic skill. Uh, Denisa Alatova, who I, I remember as being one of Joe Conta's victims en route to the semi final yeah, a couple of years ago. Right. She beat Magna Lynette. And in the Ostapenko match, Contivate. Contivate was the winner, 6-3 in the third. Well, I, I mean, although it's a shame to lose Ostapenko, I, I, I honestly, the way Ostapenko looked physically, she was not going to be a factor in the rest of this tournament with that sort of injury. Such a shame, yeah. such a shame. Contivate's too. exciting. She is, though. She's, to watch. she's great. Um, Rabarakova, Wimbledon semi-finalist, Magdalena yeah. Rabarakova. Hey, we is into mentioned the fourth round. Nadal, she beat yeah. No, but I was just going to finish my roundup of what I saw on the women's side. We Go won't on, talk about Rafa, Rafa fans. Um, but uh, I saw quite a lot of, because there's a lot of French people around in Eurosport HQ where we are now. In fact, I think that there's a French presence entering the room now. Um, I saw a lot of Cornet 
uh, against Elise Mertens. Oh yeah, that was a bit dramatic. It was a, it was a bit dramatic. Cornet lost uh, in the end. A very topsy turvy first set. She was down and then she levelled and. Um, She's got a big heart, Elise Cornet. A lot of the French players can can be um, accused of having huge talent and not such a huge commitment or heart. No, and she, she is, is a fighter. The, she's the absolute opposite. That she probably she, what she lacks in talent, she makes up for in. in she's highly irritating, but she's a heck of is a she, fighter. I yeah, had yeah. To, I, uh, she doesn't irritate me, but I accept that she can be irritating Watch a bit more objectively. Of her. I've watched a lot of Felice Cornet. Okay. But she, she does. <laughs> this is, this is, wow. I've commentated on a number of her matches. Oh, it's, she's aggro. It's you always. Love, you love aggro. Oh, I like a bit of aggro, but it's always her coach's fault. Yeah. Always. So the same can be said of Andy Murray. Very true. She does exactly <laughs> the same towards the Very box. Very true. It's tetoi, which is shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same. I, I, venting. I, yeah. It's just, it's just venting, and she's trying to fire herself up, isn't she? She is, she's feisty. Um, she lost today. Yes, <laughs> so she didn't, did. Didn't quite pan out. I tell you what, she does suffer in the heat. She is an example. I would say of, I've, I've got no reason to think that she's uh, in any way substandard on the fitness side, but she does. I remember when I um, worked here as a runner many years ago, um, and my role was to to get press times from from the players in the locker rooms. Uh, and uh, I happened to be in the locker room after an absolute marathon match that she played against Monica Nicolescu. Um, I, I, she lost. It was it was some extraordinary score in the third, and it was played in conditions similar today to today. And my job is to to try and get a, a time from her. And she she pretty much collapsed in the locker room. Oh dear. Um, I mean, not 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 quite, but. It, she was in a bad, bad way, and she was utterly inconsolable. And and I had the worst job in town that day. I mean, you know, other than Elise Cornet, but I, she suffers in yeah. the heat big time, and I do think that was a factor for her today. You know, I'm afraid the answer to that is is tough luck. You know, yeah, you're, you're either suited. You know, the it's, way it is, isn't it? Yeah, you know, Roger. <laughs> Yeah, it's just the way it is. It's the way we're talking about. Elise Cornet, a French producer, has just walked in. Yeah, and, uh, I wonder why he was looking at me like that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> there a couple of other things I wanted to talk to you just before we sign off. One is the fact that we didn't touch on it last night. Is that Roger Federer was quite outspoken about the prize money and the player union story, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he, surprisingly he, so. I didn't think he'd go anywhere near. Yeah, it, he no. he was very vociferous in his view that. It's time now for the players to get together and and go and put some pressure on. Yeah, he said. Didn't he say something like it's a tale as old as time, or you know, not quite as Beauty that, and the Beast isn't as that, that. The start of a song. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, but something like he said. He said it, it's so, it's, an, it's a, an ageless debate or the yeah. same old story. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and he, he's right to that. Every to few that years, they feel that they need to put pressure yeah. on because the Grand Slam revenues are ex- expanding so much that the players need to feel that they're getting the right percentage of that. Revenue. Yeah, and, the, and you know, if they're not going to fight for it, then who is? You know, the, it, it it is something that may seem distasteful to a lot of people at home. You know, mil, mil, multi-millionaires fighting for a pay rise, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. That doesn't mean they don't have a point. 
um, however sort of uncomfortable us mere mortals might find it. And look, I I absolutely think there is a really valid debate to be had there. I don't think there's any harm in having the debate. I have serious qualms about certain areas that the the debate might stray into and the yeah. justifications that may or may not uh, be given in the future or have been given. There's there's sort of there's there's lack of clarity on that front, isn't there? We don't there really know. Um, so while we don't know, I'm certainly not going to be um, be firing off any arrows. But certainly the the areas that that debate has potential, we know mm. to stray into. Yes. But that doesn't mean there's not a really valid debate. No, to be there, had. there is there is a valid debate um, on that subject. Uh, Martina Navratilova was pretty outspoken that she does think that a players' union is needed but that it needs to be a men's and women's Yay. union combined. I mean, um, I just think... I mean, I just think that's a wonderful idea. But, I mean, it's just so... It's just so intuitive and logical and, and you know... Better, better together, as Judy Murray says. Yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. On that subject, prize money, the WTA finals has just been announced as moving to Shenzhen from 2019, doubling prize money and it's going to be there for 10 years i mean that is a heck of a commitment and that will be a 14 million dollar prize pot which is six more million dollars than the atp world tour finals at the o2 that is an incredible achievement actually from the wta to have negotiated that yeah i have to say when i first um i don't know what your feelings are david when i first heard that announced i sort of drew a bit of breath because i I understood it that Manchester and Prague were the two uh, front runners in mm. terms of venues uh, bidding for that event. Um, and I thought, oh, well, you know, Shenzhen obviously stumped off all this cash and they've pledged to, to build a, a purpose-built stadium for the event more central, I think, uh, to the city centre than, than the current stadium used for the the women's event, uh, the pre-Australian Open women's event. Um, and I thought, goodness me, if they, you know, if they, if they just sort of sold their souls, you know, and I thought... You know, it's all it's all very well and good being lured lured by that. I understand the the attractions, but ten years, you know, ten years mm. is an awful long yep. time. Um, but then I actually, I I, um, I read the transcript of Maria Sharapova's press conference last night, and I I think she made a quite a compelling case for Shenzhen. She said, you know, they were the people willing to commit the most to growing this sport showed the the biggest belief yes in financial form but frankly money talks doesn't it they they were the organizers and and venue prepared to show the biggest commitment and support for women's tennis the other thing is as well first week of the year first week of the year they have that tournament and they get crowds they do that's important to me absolutely absolutely key is atmosphere it's got to feel like a big event when you see it on the tv when you attend it it's got to feel like it's a crackling atmosphere and uh and and it certainly appeared to be great enthusiasm there so one other thing, David, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned because this is one of your your, your big. You, you, you don't know what I'm going to say. They're moving Zoo High. Are they? Yeah, they're moving it to. I don't time. think. I don't think from. It's not an immediate thing. I think it takes effect in at least a couple of years, maybe more. But they are moving Zoo High to be before Singapore slash Shenzhen. Hallelujah. Yeah, common sense has prevailed <laughs> for once in tennis. Excellent. So tomorrow, what we got coming up? We've got Angelique Kerber against Maria Sharapova in the evening session. Who's going to win? 
I think Kerb is going to win. I think it's going to be a scorcher, but Kerb is going to win. I'm going to go Sharapova. Oh. Uh, so the other evening session matches Roger Federer. Federer Gasquet. Oh, surprise, surprise. Oh. Federer's on the evening session. Sorry, I think I don't agree with this. I don't agree with this. Three night session matches out of three. Yeah, I'm not saying I. I Rod Laver Arena. Yeah. I don't. I believe he shouldn't get to night session Rod Laver Arena every time. I, d- I will make my judgment at the end of the tournament when I mm. know whether if he gets it every time, it is absurd. Novak Djokovic is, is on the Margaret Court Arena. Hey, tomorrow. we haven't talked about Nadal, and I said we'd talk about Nadal very quickly. Well, he was just blooming awesome, wasn't he? <laughs> he was a bit awesome. His first time on Margaret Court Arena in um, in a long time. I don't know exactly how yeah. many years, but it's been a while. It's been a long time, um, and. Uh, but he just made absolute mincemeat of Damien Jumhur. I think he, he enjoyed it out there, yeah. actually. I think he enjoyed the change of scene. Yeah. And, and, I mean, crikey, watch out. Rafael Nadal is coming for you, people. Poor little Diego Schwartzman in the next round. <laughs> He's a good player. <laughs> I love Diego Schwartzman, but I really think he might be eating for breakfast. <laughs> I mean, Rafa is in... Um, ravenous form he is isn't it's he? fearsome he is absolutely fearsome he's frightening it's all coming up on Eurosport tomorrow and uh, we'll be bringing you commentary as well on 5 Live Sports Extra we've got tennis breakfast coming your way we are of course brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport we are also sponsored by the Manga Club and Catherine is going to wield <laughs> that forehand that they've improved so majestically at that wonderful holiday location. I'm glad we've uh, decided on the wording. I'll tell that, you, David. next week, next week we are having this match. Next we? week? I haven't got a tennis racket with well, me. Well, neither have I. We'll borrow one <laughs> right, each. Okay. We don't need a tennis racket. Uh, temp- temperatures permitting. <laughs> temperatures permitting. Uh, after <laughs> I had my permitting. training session with Jill Krabass. Right. So uh, we are also... She's a, not a miracle worker, David. I'll tell you. She, she is a mere mortal. She has stardust to sprinkle on my pathetic tennis game uh, we are of course backed by our executive producers Melanie Bowes our champion of the tennis predictions competition and by Triple S and of course by TennisBalls.com and mascot Charlie the Ferret is being, has been enjoying the tennis has Rosie been enjoying tennis? Yeah, Rosie has been enjoying the tennis, but you've just reminded me that I am yet to receive a photo of Rosie watching me on the telly well, usually, my, usually apparently she's been listening to the radio yeah <laughs> That's annoying, so isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, there we are. Get right. your act together, Rosie. Well, we're going to be back tomorrow. We're going to go and have a sleep and get up for some more tennis. We can't wait. We hope you're looking forward to it too, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.